after you <clears throat> after you have settled into your na- nest <clears throat> after you've settled into your sitting nest and closed your eyes what do you do notice the energy with which you do it take note if there's any expectations or anticipations or apprehension. What is being known at this time? Is it an effort to know the sounds that occur in the room? or outside the room? Is it a struggle to feel the sensations in the body while sitting? If you don't use any technique in order to be mindful, what happens? If you make no effort to be mindful, how long can you let your mind wander? before recognizing it. Sometimes questions such as these can help us to see unskillful practice habits, patterns of the mind that we haven't yet recognized, point to, point to a sense of struggle that really isn't necessary, and sometimes reveals the ease with which awareness happens. So periodically throughout the sitting, throughout the day, remind yourself that knowing is always happening. The mind is always knowing something. Sensations in the body, sounds in the environment, thoughts in the mind, emotions in the heart. All of these things just happen due to causes and conditions. The mind will notice them, even without our making any special effort. What we're doing with this practice, though, is learning how to be aware of what the mind is knowing. When the mind wanders off and is lost in thought, we don't know it at the time it's happening. 
We don't know we're sitting. We don't know we're thinking. We don't know what we're thinking about. We're as if not present. The Buddha would say, being unmindful is like being dead. Awareness is like being fully alive, recognizing the present moment as it occurs. Is there any effort involved in hearing the plane? Do you know that you're hearing? When the sound of the plane finally fades away, what is known next? Next. Let your attention remain open and receptive to whatever arises. Recognize what is being known. And clearly recognize that knowing is happening. Let all appearances be known. See that they arise and pass away. Notice that in the next moment, knowing happens again and again and again. 
work to sustain the thread of awareness that knows. Notice when you get entangled in what has appeared, telling yourself a story about this, about that, liking this, disliking that, planning for this, remembering that. These are entanglements, all colored by some defilement in the mind. Recognize these as something else being known, another appearance in the mind. If you find yourself about to apply a meditative technique, recognize that. What happened just before you had the intention to go back to your primary object, or to straighten the posture, or to open your eyes, or to label your experience? What occurred just before you had that intention? When sounds appear, they're known by the mind. When sensations appear in the body, they're known by the mind. When thoughts appear, they're known by the mind. See this mind's activity, knowing moment by moment. Relax and let the knowing happen on its own. Trust that awareness will recognize what is being known.
noticing a constant um, telling me what's happening. You noticing a constant sort of verbalizing. Verbalizing of what's happening, what's being noticed. So the comment is, she's noticing a verbalizing of what's happening. Hmm? Is it something like a narrative? Just simple. Just simple. Um, and the question is, should that stop? What would be there if it stopped? In the, in the uh, clarity of recognizing what is being experienced, the recognizing is the activity of perception. And sometimes the perception is acknowledged or we acknowledge it by a label, a word, a concept. But sometimes the perception is just a clear knowing of this experience. No word, no comment, no anything. In the beginning of practice or when we're new to practice, it can be helpful to name your experience, to label it, as a way of strengthening the, uh, strengthening the activity of perception in the mind. We want to strengthen, we want to develop this perceptual capacity of the mind to recognize what is appearing. In part because clear perception, clearly recognizing this moment, is the proximate cause for being mindful the next moment. So if there is clear perception, clear recognition of this moment, that's one of the primary conditions for being mindful the next moment. So to sustain the continuity of awareness, clear perception is a great help. Labeling your, your experience or naming your experience is a tool, a technique for strengthening perception. But in the, at the mature end of the spectrum of practice, uh, labeling is excessive, excessive activity of mind. Perception is still going on, but the objects that are being perceived or recognized are often much subtler and much quicker. So we don't want to slow down the process of awareness by taking the time to subvocally verbalize the word that is the concept for the experience. That might have been more than you really needed to, to know, but... Yeah. Okay. Uh, noticing a couple of kinds of uh, physical movement happening uh, during meditation. I'm watching you guys sometimes, and you're not moving at all. I'm doing a lot of moving here. Uh, some of the movement is I have a pain or a fear that I'm going to hurt myself, so I shift my position. Some of the movement is different. It's uh, like I notice my head dropping slowly and my spine slowly rolling down just by itself, and I'm just watching this happening, and then eventually I straighten back up. But it's not a choice to move, it's just happening, and I'm watching it and following. So, 
curious what you think about movement while sitting. So the comment is about uh, movement while sitting, and he says that occasionally he opens his eyes and sees us not moving. Uh, did you notice that you had the intention to open your eyes? That's a movement also, huh? Okay. Just checking. Uh, and uh, uh, you just didn't happen to catch us at the right time. <laughs> we move. Okay, so now back to the question. <laughs> uh, you said a couple things. One is that uh, sometimes there's pain in the body, and so you uh, intentionally move. You, you adjust, you know, you shrug the shoulders to relieve some tension in the shoulders, or you, you know, turn the head to relieve some discomfort or something in the neck, or you, you know, whatever. Just a couple of comments about that. A lot of that is done unconsciously, meaning we don't notice, we don't take notice of the intention to move. There is a, there is a, a certain level of discomfort or tension, not excruciating, not painful, but it conditions the impulse, move, 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 re- seek relief, get relief, get relief, and so we just, okay, do it. And we don't even notice that. It is really important to notice that to notice the intention, to notice the discomfort that conditions the intention, to notice the intention, to notice the movement and all the the, uh, sensations of the movement, and then to notice the relief, the feeling of relief that comes at the end of that movement. There's a whole noting sequence there. If If we don't notice all of that sequence, then we're just strengthening attachment and aversion. If we know it, then we start to deconstruct attachment and aversion. You said the other kind of movement is, you know, you, you, you take your posture, and then somehow, somewhere through the sitting, later, you realize, oh, you've collapsed. And, you know, and sometimes that happens quite unaware. You know, we just, over the course of 15 minutes, clunk, oh, and then we... And, and our attention is called to the change posture because it starts aching or something. And so then we can have the intention to straighten and straighten up like that. That's fine. Sometimes there is just a, um, a releasing of tension and you know, the holding pattern. Okay. But you also said sometimes you see the gradual... And you said it's unintentional. Right? Yeah. I don't know if it's unintentional. It's different than me making the choice to, conscious choice, I, I want to move my leg now because my knee is really hurting. Yeah. It's not that kind of choice. Right. Let me just suggest that you look for the intentions to move. Such movement is not unintended. But it's very difficult to see the intention. I remember once Annie was doing, doing a long retreat here, and she had some movement. You remember? Yeah, yeah she had some movement, some movement, you know, and she said, come in and says, you know, the body's spontaneously moving, spontaneously moving. I said, you know what? It's not. That's intentional. And she was aghast. <laughs> 
or, so, or something adamant. like that. <laughs> and probably adamant that she was right. <laughs> but I, I just said, well, just check it out. And I think it was the doorway to really opening to a, a, another level of activity in the mind that is just below our radar until we get there, until the mindfulness gets sharp enough to notice it. So you may not notice it, but you may be ready to notice it. So well, let's just... If there's an intention there, I'm, I'm kind of allowing the body to, so I'm kind of allowing the body to relax, I guess. So yeah, why? Is there some discomfort being like this? That you've got to go like this? <laughs> you know, from here to here. Right? <laughs> Why? I mean, what, what is the conditioning sequence that goes do to do to do to do to do? Boom. <laughs> we want to see the, condi- the chain of causality that gives rise to whatever has arisen. You know, things arise. And sometimes they arise we can see the chain of causality. If we don't see the chain of causality, we think, it's me, I'm moving, or I made the decision, or I... And when you see really clearly the chain of causality, there's no you there. Hard to see. Because the assumption, the assumption is, I'm moving. So when you say intention, No, there, there can be like this, this imp- impulse in the mind, as I was speaking to uh, this fellow here yesterday or the other day, an impulse in the mind to, to do something. And it, it isn't articulated in the mind as, I want to do this. But there's definitely an impulse in the mind, which we call the, the intention. And if you see it, and you have a choice to act or not act, to follow through or not follow through. If you don't see it, you don't have a choice, and you'll follow through conditioned by habit. Usually, delusion and some defilement. If you do see it, then you have a choice to follow through or not based on compassion and wisdom. This is the very place of freedom. This is the very spot where this mind is either free or entangled in conditioning. Good. You look right there. Yeah. Um, two nights ago, you talked about in your Dharma talk uh, wise and wise attention and unwise attention. And so I'm a little bit confused because for me, attention is just attention. Like I'm not sure what's wise about it or unwise about it. I could I could attend to something with a wise attitude. Mm-hmm. Openness and curiosity, okay. investigation. Sure. So the comment is about wise attention or unwise attention, and he seems to him like attention is attention, and he can attend with a wise attitude or an unwise attitude. I think that's that's right. Attention is an activity of mind that is neutral. It can be either wise or unwise. And it's really based on your understanding and the other mental factors that are arising. You know, a thief in the night, very attentive. Yeah, unwise though. (laughs) But we, going to get our plate, uh, or going to get our cup off the shelf to get a glass of water, 
intending to lower, intending to reach, intending to push, hearing, 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 recognizing full, oh, intending to lift, 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 and you better have the intention to open your mouth or you're going to pour it on your chin, chin. right? I hope you're noticing all that. If not, you'll think you went to get a drink of water. And you really didn't. <laughs> I just want a drink of water. <laughs> what do you want worse? What do you want more? A drink of water or liberation? <laughs> it's your choice every time. The, the tightness that happens around attention. attention. Like, like, on the one hand, it, there's, I feel like there's a lot of, and in my own experience, things sort of arise Attention, 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 attention. Um, I want to, I want to share a perception that's not immediately obvious. But the tension, and the tightness comes not from paying attention, but from not following your usual habits of mind of distraction. I know that sounds strange. But it's the, it's the, actually, you know when the, when the truck backed up out there, backed up, made all that noise? Did you have any trouble attending to hearing that? No. Did you have to struggle to attend to hear that? No. Why? Why is the ease of attending to that? so different than the attending to getting a glass of water. Strange, huh? Strange. It's so, it's so obvious that there's no effort in attending. It's just, it just happens. The, the truck's out there, sound's happening. But you know what? The whole time it was happening, we didn't hear it. We heard it now. And then we spaced out for a while and had some thoughts. Then we heard it again. And then we spaced out and felt some sensations in the body, and then we heard it again. And then we said, this recurring hearing, we kind of, kind of mm, spread out, globalized it into a continuity that we really did not perceive. It is vital that we see the discontinuity of the hearing so that we don't believe that it is eternal, that it, it lasted the whole time. Because if we think, oh, that lasted the whole time, I was just distracted by it, I was just caught up in it, you missed everything else that was being noticed. All those thoughts, all those sensations, all those other things, the space out times. <clears throat> so we want to see that too.
So, uh, yeah, don't try too hard. Relax. If you find yourself trying too hard, uh, creating tension in the body and tension in the mind, relax the body, relax the mind. Monitor the tension or the relaxation of the body frequently throughout throughout the day in every activity and monitor the uh, tension in the mind or the gripping uh, activity of mind frequently throughout the day. That'll give you a really good clue as to uh, when defilements are in the mind. Wanting something, not wanting something. You know, creates tension in the mind, tension in the body. Yeah. It's great. Um, that's all we have time for this morning. But thank you for your questions. It's always entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do we need today? Do we need a practice leader? Oh, yeah. Okay, so today we need a practice leader at the 2.15 sitting to ring the bell at their seat at 3 o'clock. Okay, that's you. We also need someone to practice leader at 6.15 to ring the bell at 7. Okay, thank you very much. Again, we're continuing with our check-ins. Uh, individual and group check-in, so we'll see half of you there, and we'll see the other half tomorrow. So enjoy your day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.